0: Welcome to the Together We're Better podcast, where we explore all the ways it takes a village to raise a child and we highlight the amazing work that partners are doing here in Kenosha County, Wisconsin. I'm Lawrence Kirby, the Community Engagement Network Manager at Building Our Future, AKA BOF. Welcome and thank you so much for tuning in. If you're not familiar with our partnership, we're what you call a collective impact organization. So what we do is bring together people, ideas and resources so that we can help students in Kenosha County Schools be successful. I've got some very special guests today, uh, April Gunther, Jasmine Alvarez and Jennifer Payne who represent three amazing organizations in our region uh, that is doing really good work. They also just recently participated in our continuous improvement cohort um, where we use the results count framework. And what we do is we bring together people serving organizations and we give them a set of tools to help them think deeply about problems and challenges and set goals uh, for the future of their organization. Um, So as they've completed this cohort, they've spent about 24 hours with us and that's been training as well as coaching. And again, we use the Annie E. Casey Foundation's Result Count Framework. We also use some other tools from our parent organization, Strive Together. Um, And we really spend this time asking people serving organizations, again, hard questions like, who is benefiting the least from your services? Y'all remember that question? Yes. Yes. (laughs) And from that point, we identify the reasons, we deeply understand problems, and then we develop solutions. And so these organizations have done some amazing work um, in their own organizations by identifying challenges, setting goals, uh, and really charting a course to upward mobility for the whole community. So ladies, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with me today. How about we take some time and each one of you introduce yourself, tell us your name, your organization, and just a little bit about what you do.
1: Thank you, Kirby. My name is April Gunther. I am the Director of Senior Services at Kafasi, also known as Kenosha Area Family and Aging Services. And we provide uh, Meals on Wheels service for Kenosha County. Nice. Now, how long have you been with Kafasi? Um, a little over a year. Nice. Very nice. new, very new to uh, the organization. That's exciting.
2: Uh, I'm Jasmine Alvarez, pronouns are she, they, hey, yeah. I work at the LGBT Center of Southeast Wisconsin as the operations manager. We serve Racine, Kenosha, and Walworth County, so lots of needs, uh, lots of people to serve. Our four pillars are safe zone training, so community training on how to be a better LGBT advocate for folks, um, support groups, youth programming, um, and advocacy.
0: Awesome. And how long have you been with the LGBT Center?
2: I have been there a little over a year, same as April. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. We got a bunch of freshmen with us <laughs> today working in the community. Awesome. And last but certainly not least.
3: Good morning. I'm Jennifer Payne, Executive Director, Women and Children's Horizons. We are the victim services provider and shelter for anyone experiencing domestic violence, sexual assault, or human trafficking, and their children we're located in Kenosha, but it will help survivors from anywhere. I have been working with the agency. I'm in mean, my second year. The agency itself has been around since 1976. We are the oldest shelter in the Midwest, second in the entire country. Wow! Been going strong for almost 50 years.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, let's let's go back and kind of. Just recap some of what these experiences were like working with us in this cohort. So at some point, you make the decision to sign up your team or somebody else makes the decision to sign up your team. You find out you're going to this continuous improvement cohort. And most of the time, the initial reaction is like, what is that? What does that mean? Um, So each of you show up at our first session to go through uh, the team lead training, right? Um, Yes. Oh, no, no, you came after that, right? You came yeah, the first yes, session yeah. with, with the entire team that we did, right, April? Yes, yes. Okay, so give us your initial thoughts after that first session. We'll start with you. I'll,
3: I'll answer that. So my, my thought going into it was this will be a fun networking opportunity. Uh-huh. I like to sing the praises of our agency, uh, but I left thinking, wow, and uh-oh, <laughs> well, this is going to be hard, but in a good way. So it wasn't just about singing the praises of the agency, which we do, we have an opportunity to do, but we're actually gonna have to do work. (laughs) Uh, And and like very meaningful, but challenging work. Um, So, which was a good thing, but also a little scary. A little scary to take that step. Um, Turned out to be an amazing experience, but but leaving the first session, I thought, wow and uh uh-oh, uh-oh, what are we gonna learn about ourselves?
0: Wonderful. Jasmine, what about you? What was your experience like after that first session?
2: Oh, extremely similar to Jennifer. I think I was captivated by all the information. Um, We have such a new team at the time and we had been having these conversations and it felt like this cohort would help us find the answers. Uh, We've been looking for some sort of training around the area just because we're all fresh faces. So we wanted to develop everyone's skills and I just knew after the first session that this is the spot um, where we needed to be, and we were going to um, achieve those goals.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much, April. What about you? So mine was a little different. So
1: mm-hmm. um, the uh, the conference room, I guess you would call it. Uh-huh. When we first walked in, it reminded me of what I would call a think tank. It mm-hmm. it okay. it I exploded with creativity and. And desire to um, just think outside the box. For me, being at Kafasi, Kafasi has been around since 1969. So the building was old. It was a lot of old mindsets. And to come out of that environment and be in an environment like this, I was like, okay, now some things can start to change. When I first started at Kafasi, we we wanted to um, come in with you know, guns blazing, change just change everything. But through um, the continuous improvement cohort, what I, and I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit, but um, I kind of learned that it takes steps. There's processes to everything. So I was really excited coming in the door.
0: Good, good. You know, one of the exciting things about working with you guys, all of your organization, um, and this is not necessarily the case with every group, uh, but but all of your organizations represent fairly new teams and new leaderships. Um, you know, Jennifer, you've been a, a couple of years, yep. a year, a year, right? For Jasmine and April, so uh, new teams, new leadership, new ideas, right? Mm-hmm. As you're mm-hmm. assessing what has been and and really thinking about what can be for your organization going forward. So it was a privilege to be able to work with you all during this specific time and where your agency are is, right? Great agencies. Uh, that have kind of history in the community of doing great things. So to to be able to do this with your organizations at this time, uh, we we thought it was just unique and exciting. So again, thanks for saying yes.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having having
0: us. We had a great uh, time. So second question, and Jasmine, you can kick us off with the answer to this one. How how has the cohort changed the way you approach your work?
2: I would say... Taking a step back and looking at the overall picture, not that we weren't doing that before, but the way y'all broke it down, uh, the curriculum, um, it was very thorough, thinking about all different areas and aspects of what we're trying to change within the organization, what needs um, we are trying to serve um, as an organization, and this is the first time where we've had a full staff, uh, jumping from two members to almost five-ish. Um, We just really needed that space to talk things out, work things out, and figure out um, how to best serve the amount of people in all three counties because it just felt so overwhelming. didn't know how exactly we were going to find every LGBTQ person or advocate to um, help them find these services and build community with
0: them. Congratulations on being fully staffed, by the way. Thank you, thank um, you. I, I think our listeners and y'all in this room know what it's like to be short staffed oh. in different places, <laughs> mm-hmm. so congratulations on that. I know that's helpful in the work that you do. Yeah. Um, April, will you answer that question? How has this cohort changed your approach to this work?
1: Um, it it changed in the way that I ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of... Um, I'm seeking to find the, the root of the problem so we can find solutions. You can't really find solutions until you find out why people do things the way they do. So that kind of changed my approach. Instead of just saying, do it this way, let's figure out why you do it this way and let's see if we can both come to a consensus about how to get it done better. Um, and then having a blueprint. Like along the way we had um, tangible, um, just one, two, three, ideas on how uh, to ask the questions, how to get certain outcomes, how to expect certain things out of people, how to set the goals. So it just um, overall just changed me saying, do it this way and including my team in in the solution.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, you know, part of this cohort is helping people deeply understand problems. Yeah. Um, And I can't say that enough, like as organizations, how do we deeply understand the problems that we seek to solve, whether we're talking about internal problems in our organization or just with the community that we seek to provide services to? Um, you know, deeply understanding those things uh, opens the door to more clear solutions. So, Absolutely. Jennifer, what about you? How, how has this cohort changed the way you approach the world? Sure.
3: Well, similar to Jasmine and April, um, several ways. So, personally, sitting in the director's chair, the cohort has given me tools to analyze our services and the kinds of programs that we provide to the community. So what are we doing good and what can we do better and how, right? Uh, because although we are all new word to the to the work that we do, the agencies have been around for a long time. That's right. mm-hmm. And there's always a risk when, when you work for an agency that's been here for a while and you're mm-hmm. a staple of the community. You're a staple of the community, but that doesn't mean you're serving everybody in the community. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of tools that we get out of this program, but one of them is how to look at what we're doing well, and how to look at things we're not doing well, and do them better. So just personally, from from the director's perspective, is getting those tools in place. Um, As a group within the agency, it's learning about how to have those conversations, like the really hard ones, without people getting offended, right? Because we're talking about things like, how are you failing? some of the marginalized people in the community when all of us in the nonprofit world are set up to be helpers, right? Yeah. right. It's hard to admit that you're not helping everybody in the community, yeah. right? So to be able to just sit and, and like break down why that's happening without folks getting bunched up and defensive mm-hmm. and really just focusing on the why, right? With it, it, and how to fix it um, are tools that we've learned from the cohort and I expect to continue using those. We will continue, I don't expect. We will continue using them. <laughs> Um, so, we, as I've said with all of you during our classes, we learned to have the ick conversation. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. To be That's able to good. sit. Yeah, to be able to sit in the ick and focus on it and fix it without running away.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, with those actual tools, the ice, iceberg chart and all the, the smarty <laughs> goals and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. The tools you learn to re- actually make a difference.
0: Right. You know, one of the things I love about this process um, is that it's not... It's not evasive or aggressive in the sense of, y'all didn't hire a consultant to come and tell you everything that's wrong with you. Um, It's partners providing you with the tools so that you can assess what's happening in your organizations and set those goals and targets to move forward, Um, you know, in in a way that can be inspiring and uncomfortable at the same time. So yeah, thank you for sharing that, Jennifer. That was good. Okay, so next question. How how will this cohort lead your clients to better outcomes? that's ultimately the goal right we want we want to have better outcomes for the people that we serve so I'm gonna give you a second to think and then April's gonna start us off with an answer
1: so our outcome is for kafasi personally our outcome was to reach out to more black brown and Asian people so having um, better processes internally having a full staff will allow us to reach out to more people and to serve more people. Because I think at the end, we had decided that it would take um, at least two, for the number of people that we wanted to serve, the increased number, we would need two volunteers and, like, um, one staff person per 10, I Mm -hmm. think, was our number or something like that. But um, having the processes and plans in place to be able to serve them and not get our staff burnt out, I think, will be our outcome.
0: Yeah, and Kafasi is a larger organization, right, yeah. with a lot of different programs. Mm-hmm. Part, part of y'all's work was in that alignment, right, and, and, and kind of making sure everybody is clear on the overall result of the organization and how do you help bring these departments together that are doing great things. Um, to kind of recognize what is the big goal of this organization.
1: Yeah, and people um, really felt like um, getting out in the community had to have a purpose. It had to have. Yeah. It had to be intentional. We couldn't just go out just because you know the Harbor Market had a lot of people. We couldn't just go and set up that day. It had to be very specific. Um, so having that policy for that was one of the big goals that everybody agreed would help um, target our, our our audience
0: better. Awesome. Awesome. Jasmine, what would you say for uh, the clients that you all serve? How how do you think this cohort helps you to lead your clients to better outcomes?
2: Yeah, so we're at the end of this strategic visioning um, era for 2020 to 2023. Now we're heading into the next three years. So um, with all the tools we learned, like the egg chart, the iceberg, all the various tools we learned, this will help us uh, help the team work together, come to a consensus on working out how we show up for the community, what we can switch in our services if needed, um, reassess if the services we provide now are the needs that actually are the needs that the community actually want and are necessary. So, with uh, this cohort, the tools will help us just reassess. Um, work as a team and actually set realistic goals in order to show up better for the community and just have those hard conversations that Jennifer discussed uh, that we have been trying to have uh, but haven't figured out um, the best solution. So after these sessions, we figured out um, how we can implement better models, find out the root causes, and just better serve our community as um, a team of four
0: to five, so. Nice, yeah, so it sounds like the timing of this cohort um, was really relevant and beneficial for your organization as you guys are in this process of uh, what visioning the next three years out of of what success will look like for you guys, so awesome. All right, Jennifer, same question. How has this cohort, or how will this cohort, rather, lead your clients to better outcomes?
3: Well, it already has, and and I expect that that will continue. So for all of our clients, the agency as a whole is more intentional and thoughtful about the services we provide and when and how we provide them. So that's something we learn about factors and barriers to people showing up, right? Um, Particularly for the type of work we do. Folks don't just come voluntarily to a domestic violence shelter. They're generally there because things have gotten really, really bad, right? So one of our goals is to get folks coming in the door sooner before their abuse escalates, right? So for everyone, it's a, all of our clients, it's about being more thoughtful and intentional about when and how that happens. When are we staffing um, support groups? How are we communicating that? Where is our outreach focused? For the population that we're focusing on specific to the cohort, which is our African-American survivors, um, and one of the things you, we learn, and hopefully listeners who, who join the cohort in the future will learn, is that by focusing on the most marginalized, underserved population, you will serve everyone better, right? You're moving forward that, that most underserved population, those benefits will carry over and trickle over into a larger community. So for that specific community, um, and this is not a slight on horizons, the work that we do is amazing work, but there was always an assumption that we were capturing that community. We have yeah. advocates that look like them. We put our flyers in in that those churches and those schools and where, where those folks are and we see them coming through the door. Um, but what we weren't looking at was how long were they staying with us? And one of the things we broke down during our initial sessions was our turnover rate. We were getting clients coming in from that community but leaving real fast and going back to their abusers. Mm. So we had to break down why why was that, right? We we polled, we interviewed, we surveyed folks at our shelter, the things that you had us do during the cohort and learned some unpleasant things that we need to fix. One of which was not enough advocates that look like that. Basic things that are easy to fix like toiletries and band-aids at our shelter. The types of of imagery we had in our office, right? Um, So our, our focus group for this, coming out of this cohort is a support group specific to that community, more mindful and intentional marketing into that community and stuff at the shelter that that community needs to be comfortable in the shelter, right? And the idea being, if they're there, they're going to stay there and we can keep them and keep them providing services. So that will apply to everybody, but that focus group specifically is where we're, we're putting our energy now. And I expect that to carry over into next year and years to come. Wonderful. That's
0: really good. Uh, Jennifer, you're already there, so I'm going to go okay. ahead and ask you the next question. Great. Um, what successes would you like to share that yes. you can say are because of your time in this cohort?
3: Right. And I shared this on our graduation day at the <laughs> cohort. So. Um, Funding is always an issue, always an issue in nonprofit world, um, profit world too. You have to put your money where your mouth is. That's right, right, um, and your energy where where you want it to be. And the agency, um, with the support of the Office of Crime Victim Services, which funds a large grant for us, has specifically allocated ten thousand dollars of our VOCA grant annually to African American services specifically. That is at our request. Now, footnote, allocate does not mean more money. Okay, I would love that to be (laughs) the case. Um, It means that that money is dedicated from another source specific to the support group, where it needs to go and where it has to be spent so that we are providing services to that community to do the things that we decided to do coming out of this cohort. So thank you to Office of Crime Victim Services for doing that for us. And that's, we've got the kitty of cash, so to speak. To do what we want to do and what we decided to do through this, through this cohort.
0: Oh, let's give women and yeah. children's Rise yeah. some snaps for that. Yay. Let's give them some snaps for that. Congratulations. <laughs> it's well. Thank always you. good wow. to be able to shift resources in yes. your organization.
3: Because it matters. And we were able to show them why it mattered and why that will benefit the agency as a whole thanks to the stuff we learned from the cohort.
0: Awesome, awesome. April, um, what successes do you want to share? that well, are happening in your organization um, because of this cohort?
1: So my executive director is also fairly new. He's been there just a month longer than me. Uh, so his this this all bringing us here was his idea. And um, just recently, I think a big success is um, he wants us to present to him um, so that we can start implementing the program in our organization.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I think that's going to be great. i missed... The last class, I was so I was torn because I started another leadership group that same day. Um, but what we had decided as a group was to um, see how we could facilitate the program and let our people, our teams, go through the process like we did. Nice, so
0: that's awesome. And and your team did a great job presenting that. Day I know as I well, heard they so. did. Yeah. yeah, it was great. All your teams did a great job, by the way. We throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, um, it was it was really good to hear from you all your presentations and just kind of walking through those steps. So thank you.
1: So I'm excited to have um, a forward-thinking Edie um, like Jennifer that wants to you know make change, but doesn't want to shove it down people's throat. Wants to really find out you know the the problems and come up with tangible solutions that will last long. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Okay, Jasmine, any successes? Uh, that you can share because of the time you all spent in this cohort?
2: Yes, uh, many successes, but a few that I do want to highlight is the the conversations we had as a team, working through um, every tool and um, worksheet we had, um, and actually coming out with um, implementation and strategies on how to validate um, the work we're doing, what areas we need to shift and change. Um, And I'd say just the highlight of it all is just coming out with a plan uh, to implement these tools, um, strategies, and ideas um, going forward into 2024. So focusing on setting that time aside and continuing these conversations.
0: Nice. Nice. That's good. Okay. All right. Last question, and then we're going to do – I got something else for you. This part, you're not going to be prepared for. Uh Throw that out there. That's right. (laughs) So final question. Where do you see your organization one year from now?
2: Um, A year from now, I hope to see our organization still fully staffed, fingers crossed. Um, But with that full staff actually targeting um, our most marginalized uh, population, Uh, like Jennifer said, uh, a lot of us came to that realization that Focusing on the most marginalized will trickle back up to everybody, level the playing field, um, and focusing on the needs of our community. So after we do our long um, needs assessment, I think with those results, that will really help us focus in the areas that we need to change. So whether that be more um, assistance to folks, whether that be financial, um, more advocacy, time to focus, um, and... Just working together, I think that's the biggest thing. There's so many perspectives and ideas um, working as a team. So once we finally have these conversations and set our vision, i um, excited to work together as a team with similar ideas and perspectives
3: um, and strategies.
0: Awesome, thank you so much. Jennifer, where do you see your organization one year from now?
3: One year from now, I see us running an amazing support group for African-American survivors. That's the project that we have coming out of this cohort. It matters a lot to that community. Statistically, they have 40% higher homicide rates for domestic violence victims. And uh, so we see ourselves running an amazing support group thanks to the things that we learned from the cohort and the funding we have from our grant. But also, and maybe equally as important, is working even better as a team, which is the other thing and the other skill that you learn coming out of this program Mm -hmm. My partners, Gwen and Cynthia, who are my coworkers, and like lots of folks who become your second family and sometimes your only family um, when you're working every day, doing the good hard work in nonprofit world. Um, the way we work now as a team is so refreshing and nice. Like you just feel even stronger, right? So doing the service work, but also just appreciating your team even more are the two things that I see coming out a year from now and 10 years from now and 100 years from now. <laughs>
0: Wonderful. Last but not least, April, where do you see your organization one year from
1: now? Um, one year from now, I see us having that um, achieved our goal of 200 more um, African-American, Latino, or Asian clients being served, um, more awareness of Kafasi's programs, and internally, um, more cultural diversity understanding. I think because of this cohort being able to ask those, having those it conversations um, will open up the minds of the, the people that have been there for a while that may not understand the importance of reaching out to other um, cultures in the community and how important that is. So I see us fully functioning um, in our processes, creating new processes where needed, changing old mindsets and um, moving forward with the vision of our
0: executive director. Wonderful. Well, ladies, thank you so much for completing the cohort with your teams. We're so excited for what the future holds for each of your organizations and all of the great work you all are doing in the community. Thanks for agreeing to be our guests.
3: Thank you. I got some rapid fire
0: questions for you to close us out. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Who's going first? Jennifer, if you had to change your first name,
3: <laughs> oh no! What
0: okay. would you change it to?
3: First, I'm having a flashback to our check-ins. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I thought you were going to ask me if I wanted to have hair of spaghetti or whatever the first question was. Syrup. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to change my name, woo. Okay, nobody laugh at me. I would change it to Lucy, Lucy. because. I have been an I Love Lucy fan since I was, like, five. Oh. And if there's an I Love Lucy marathon on, I am watching it. I will have it on YouTube while I'm doing my work at my desk. (laughs) So I guess if I had to change my first name, I'd change it in honor of Lucille Ball.
0: Boom. Thank you. Sure. Okay, Jasmine, this one is for you. So you work in three different counties. So this is a very important question. Best pizza.
3: Ooh,
2: best pizza. I'm going to be biased. Just because I live in Kenosha, and I'd say the best pizza I've had is either, I'm scared to say my answer, but I really like Tenuta's or valleos.
0: I'm going to judge you on your pizza. I thing. know,
2: I <laughs> no, no. know. Pizza <laughs> is a big question. I get that ever since I moved to Wisconsin, so it's serious business.
0: Solid answers. Solid answers. Good.
2: I'm glad you approved. Yep.
0: April. Yes. Where was your last vacation?
2: I don't know if it's been that long.
0: <laughs> it has
1: been. My last vacation was to uh, Louisiana. Ooh, New Orleans? Um, New Orleans. And we went to, uh, oh God, what was the city? I can't think of the name. Baton Rouge.
3: No, no, it
1: was Dirty South. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember the name. Pa- pa- Ponchatoula.
0: Ooh. Yeah. That, Louisiana. That sounds like a small town. It's a small Not town, small. but it was great. It New was Orleans great has visit. the best food in the country, yeah, in my personal good. opinion. I, I finally
1: oh got goodness. a chance to taste what real gumbo is supposed to Ooh, taste like.
0: One of my favorites.
1: Yeah. My mother-in-law used to make gumbo, but I like hers better. Mm. Good job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 all right. Thank you all again so much for being on the show this month.
1: Thank you for thank having me. Thank you. And thanks to the, uh, the cohort, Kevin and... Yeah, shout out to my co-workers. Yeah, definitely. we had an awesome time. Learned a
3: lot.
2: We looked forward to every Wednesday. We love just being in community with women and
3: children, Kabasi yeah. and yeah. Bof.
2: so it was yes. amazing.
3: And all of the guidance and the non-judgmental mm-hmm. discussions you had with us. And was the just, patience. Oh, my goodness. Oh, patience. my <laughs> Refreshing. Yes. And your creative check-in questions. I don't want to rash you too bad. Those, I'm going to adopt those at my staff meetings, so... Um, thank you for all of the tools that you've given us and the time that you put into this yes. for such a very, very modest expense. I know. The benefit that you're giving to all of us as nonprofit oh, workers yes. is huge. So kudos to you. Thank, thank you. you so much. thank, you. Yeah, thank you so much. The
1: impartation was big so it, it continues on. Thank you Definitely all. Definitely so a weird. legacy. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode, all of our listeners. We want to shout out KDM Networks, our producers that produce this podcast each and every month. Thanks to our special guests. Listen, if you're interested in our continuous improvement cohort, you can go to our website and find more information, buildingourfuturekc.org. Thanks for tuning in. Please share this podcast with families and friends. We'll see you next month. Take care.